Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You beloved are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, listen, today we are going to be looking into the heart of a man where sin lies. Mm-hmm. So let me state this for the record. Christ Jesus The Lord Jesus Christ is coming soon, and therefore, we will be going home soon, sooner rather than later, if we don't go by the way of the grave before then. Amen. And with that being the case, beloved, how ought we be living in the meantime? Mm-hmm. I said it like that for a reason, so that we can chew on every thought that Christ Jesus is on his way back. We better be living right, clean, and holy when he returns. Second Peter 3 answers the question right in the middle of verse 11 of 2 Peter chapter 3 about how ought we to be living in the meantime. Well, he said in holy behavior. That is, that is in a pattern of daily life that sets you apart as a believer and in godliness. Amen. This is how Peter is instructing us by Holy Spirit, how we ought to be living as we await Jesus' return in holy behavior and in godliness, displaying profound reverence toward our awesome God. Verse 12, while you earnestly look for and await the coming of the day of God 
Amen. So folks, let us not get this twisted. The grace of God does not give us a license to live however we want. So like I said, we are going to be looking at what's truly inside of a man, inside of a person's heart. What's what's really going on in that soul? Because Jesus says, What's in us, it is going to come out. So before we get into all of that, not to mention, we got to know what sin is. Beloved, you will be shocked as to how many people who have claimed the name of Jesus as both Lord and Savior seems, seems, and I put that in air quotes, seems to not know what sin is. If they didn't know what it was, once correction comes to them, oh no, my brother, my sister, that's sin. Jesus said thus and so and thus and so, therefore that is sin. And if you are born again, you know, you should know, from 1 John chapter 3, that we who are born again cannot and do not make it a practice to habitually stay in deliberate, willful sin. We are not supposed to be, to be sinning at all. Now, before you even start We know the fact, here we go, the fact that we are humans in this flesh bodies from time to time, we may slip up, sin, sin against God and miss the mark. That's still bad. That's no excuse. Not when we have all of these scriptures about living holy. However, we do have an advocate in heaven, Jesus Christ. 1 John 1, 9 tells us what to do when we sin. We are to confess it to God. And then going forward, we are to sin not. We are not supposed to take his wonderful grace of forgiveness and treat it as a license to sin. So we are going to be looking at those sins once again so we can all be on board as to what sins will keep us out of heaven that if we continue to practice these things, Paul tells us we will not inherit God's kingdom. So before we get into all of that, let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we love you so much. Show us the way to go so we don't keep on stumbling over those sins that so easily besets us. Father, you say that 
how we how we show our love for you is when we obey you. We don't have a problem with that at all, Father. Show us the way to go. Show us what is good and right and holy. Now that you have put these these flesh fleshly hearts in us, you have taken out that stony rocket re, rocky rebellious heart. You have put in a new spirit in us, one that is moldable and teachable and pliable, loving you completely on board with salvation, completely on board with being consecrated and separated from this world unto you being sanctified by Holy Spirit. Father, no longer do we want to go back to our old ways. That way, that broad way, it was leading us straight to eternal destruction. That is why, Father, over here in Jude, verse 17, is only but one chapter, Father, verse 17. We are to keep ourselves in the love of God. Jude says, but as for you, beloved, remember the prophetic words spoken by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They used to say to you in the last days, there will be scoffers, following after their own ungodly passions. These are the ones who are agitators, causing divisions, worldly-minded, secular, unspiritual, carnal, merely sensual, unsaved, devoid of the Spirit. But you, verse 20, but you, beloved, Build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith. Continually progress. Rise like an edifice higher and higher. Pray in the Holy Spirit and keep yourselves in the love of God. Waiting anxiously and looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, which will bring you to eternal life and have mercy on some who are doubting, save others, snatching them out of the fire, and on some have mercy with fear, loathing, even the clothing spotted and polluted by their shameless, immoral freedom. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling or falling into sin and to present you unblemished, blameless and faultless in the presence of his glory with triumphant joy and unspeakable delight to the only God 
our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power before all time and now and forever. Amen. Amen. Father, how wonderful is this salvation. It is It saved our very souls. And because of that, our priority is to first seek the kingdom of God and your righteousness. This is the first business of order. We need to make sure we are in right standing with you, looking over our lives making sure it is lining up with your word that we have been commanded to be holy as you is holy. So Father, today we lift up holy hands. We give you reverence. We give you glory. We bless your holy name. Thank you for your mercy, your kindness, and your grace. We ask for wisdom today, Father, and discernment. May Holy Spirit open up my mind, my spiritual understanding to understand your word, Father, so that among the brethren, we can sharpen our irons as we teach each other, as we encourage each other not to fall back into sin because we understand that the day is approaching of our risen King return. Have mercy on us all, Father. We repent and confess any and all sin that we are practicing. May we come out of it and stay out of it. Thank you for your mercy, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. Listen. One, because there's many, one of the fundamental errors of our day is the notion and the madness and the craziness that God does not care about behavior. For those of you out there hoping for some wideness in God's mercy, well, I am here to tell you that he is the God of the narrow way. Yes, beloved, I know some of you who think you are born again because you've made a confession for Christ, but you are living in blatant sin, open sin, going against the direct teachings of the one you say saved your wretched soul and you are living in open defiance of his word. That is why we are going to again and again and again as many times as it takes 
to look at those sins that will keep us out of the kingdom of God. Beloved, belief is not enough. There must be righteous fruit showing up in our lives that will back up your faith. It must be proven. Right, Holy Spirit. Our faith is proven by how we live. If we say we are born again, Holy Spirit lives in us, then why are we still living in open, in Jesus' face, sin? Do you think he's playing? Huh? Do you? Do you think Jesus Christ is playing with you who is living recklessly? No, he is not. So, I'm here to tell you that the God we serve is the God of the narrow way. Matthew 7 says that wide is the gate and broad is the way that lead it to destruction and many Many there be which go in there at. So not only does the father care about behavior, but if you desire his mercy, there are behaviors you and I must turn from in sincere repentance. Beloved, repentance is a must. It is a must for the believer, the follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance is a complete change of the way you view sin. No longer is sin to be viewed as the big time fun. Instead of wanting to become materially rich, your focus becomes doing the will of God. For example, repentance of sin is absolutely necessary for salvation. You don't believe me? Then you need to come over here to Acts 3.19. Peter is telling us to repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out. Amen. Peter is telling us that for our sins to be forgiven, blotted out, we must first repent so that we can receive that wonderful salvation that we did not earn. Nothing we could have done that would merit us to have eternal life. That is why Paul was saying, so that no man can boast. It is a free gift of God. By his, by his merciful, amazing grace. That when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we shall be saved. But we must repent. We must have a change of mind where sin 
and God and Jesus is concerned. You you got to do a 180 degree turn in your mind where now you want to do the Father's will. That's why Jesus says that if you want to inherit the kingdom of God, one must be born again, born from above, reborn of the spirit of God. Acts 2.38, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. He's telling us, repent and then go get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I can't say it enough. Repentance is absolutely necessary for the remission of sins and to receive the gift of of the Holy Spirit. The Bible speaks of many sins that must be repented of. And so let us crack up, crack open up our Bibles and dig into the scriptures so that we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. Isn't it a blessed thing that the Lord, by his spirit, came upon holy men to write God's wisdom down for us. These are basic instructions that we need before we get up out of here. Okay, because I don't know about some of you, but a lot of us are looking to make it out of here in one piece and meet our Lord, so so he can usher us to the right of him, not the left, but as his sheep to the right of him, so that we may enter the Father's kingdom, our inheritance from the foundation of the world. So this is why we strive daily to pick up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow Jesus. This is where crucifying of that flesh must take place. And we cannot grieve Holy Spirit in this process. This process of pruning, cutting, and gutting out is for our benefit so that we can produce even finer better, greater fruit. Proving, thank you, Holy Spirit, proving ourselves to be Christ's disciple. And this, beloved, this brings glory to the Father when we bear much fruit of righteousness. So, if we look at Romans chapter 1, verses 28 to 32, Paul lists some things that if we die in these abominations, we ain't going to make it. Listen, he says, 
And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, well, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God. They are violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. They are disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who, listen, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only the same, but also approve of those practicing them. Amen. These are they, not only are they in sin, but they also encourage others to do the same. Uh-huh. And then we have the 17 works of the flesh. We're going to break these down real quick because Galatians 5, we find the works of the flesh in verses 19 to 21. Okay. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Beloved, these first four sins are all sexual in nature. The reason they are sin is because they are outside the bounds of God's institution of marriage. While many, as we know in our society, are moving to pervert marriage that God created and Jesus affirmed it as being one man and one woman for a lifetime. They are breaking their necks to pervert what was so holy and precious. So, beloved, listen, God designed us as sexual creatures, right? That is, he designed us. He designed for us to be fruitful and multiply. Finding sexual pleasure before, outside of, or in addition to God's definition of marriage, and you do so in defiance of your creator. And let me tell you this, the father will not accept the line that you are a consenting adult or that you weren't quote unquote, quote unquote, hurting anybody. Nope, that's not going to fly on Judgment Day. And beloved, all of these teachings 
that we are discussing on the podcast, it is for our edification. It is for our encouraging so that we won't be doing anything that will cause us to lose our inheritance. This is not condemning anyone. This is not pointing fingers. This is not making anyone feel bad. This is a wake-up call. We got to wake up. This world is fooling masses in the body to think to think that all of the perversities that we see that's going on in the 21st century is okay with God because he is so loving. Yes, he is loving, but he is also a God of wrath and he is no one to be played with. Do you not know when Christ Jesus returns, he's coming back with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and who obey not the gospel. So any God denying, Christ rejecting, unrepented sinner and deceived quote unquote follower, believer who, who thought it was okay to remain in unconfessed sin because of the false doctrine of one saved, always saved. That is nowhere in scripture. It is not even implied. This is a teaching of men who, by the way, are in willful, open, blatant sin against the living God too. No, that is a teaching of men. They they made it a doctrine trying to nullify scripture that clearly tells us that salvation is conditional, that if we do not remain in Jesus and his word does not remain in us, well, then we will be cut off from him and we will be just like a broken, withered branch that will be bundled together with the other broken off withered branches to be bundled and thrown into the fire, the lake that blazes with fire and brimstone. These are the things we must keep in mind when the flesh wants to keep on sinning. Tell it absolutely no, we ain't doing that. No, speak up, defend your faith. Jude was like, go hard for your faith. So, and then we see in verse 20, right? Because we we are talking about the works of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5. Well, verse 20 says, because again, Paul is telling believers that if we continue continue to to do these things that we once did we ain't getting into the kingdom so verse 20 here's some more that will keep us out idolatry witchcraft hatred variance emulations 
wrath, strife, seditions, heresy. Beloved, listen, this second grouping of sins are those that are religious in nature. This is easily discerned by how they are grouped. Both the beginning and the ending are exclusively religious. As the beginning and ending goes, so goes those in between. And indeed, they do have keen religious applications. Of these sins that we just list, perhaps the most malicious is that of heresy. Heresy is the perverting and twisting of the very words of God. This is why it is so important not only to have the correct teaching, sound teaching of Jesus Christ, then we will fall for every heretical wind of doctrine. That's why some of us, because my hand is raised, we were deceived by heretics. These are they that will twist scripture in order to fulfill their satanic agendas. Pick one. It's, it's, it's so many. Listen, I challenge you, go and study Second Peter 2. It is a wealth of information over there that Peter tells us about these false prophets. He breaks their characteristics down to a T. So, verse 21 of Galatians 5, because we're talking about the 17 works of the flesh. So, he goes on to say in verse 21, what else will keep us out of the kingdom of God? Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Beloved, listen, this final grouping are those sins that have a direct and negative impact on those around us. To be brief, these sins demonstrate the height of selfishness of those who partake of them. And by way of association, envy, drunkenness, and revelings are just as wicked as murder. Just so we are clear, because beloved, people think partying and turning up Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm I'm just trying to have a good time. No. Being laid out drunk, you ain't having a good time. So, Paul ends it by saying, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. And then we have 
Colossians 3, verses 5 through 10. Because over there, Paul, again, is showing us some things that we ought not to be doing. It should not even be counted among us who are born again. Okay? He said, Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked. And when you lived and once walked, when you lived in them. Amen. But now, okay, but now, and this is why for the life of me, no, I do understand because I was going to say for the life of me, I don't understand, but I get it. People don't want to give up their sin. But when those who claim they are born again still say they are sinners still sinners and will confront you and argue with you that we are we like we are all lumped into this pit together that how although we are born again but we are still sinners we all still sin you mean to tell me you don't sin Listen, speak for yourselves. We are no longer sinners. We are born of God. You can't be both a sinner and a saint at the same time. Get me started. So listen, back over here. Before I get sidetracked, listen. Who was this? Paul. He said, right, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these. Here we go. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language beloved all of this potty mouth y'all better stop that stop it there right holy spirit there are enough words in the english vocabulary that that you can tap into without all the mf this and the n word and the b word and the p word and shut that like stop stop it so he says Put off those things. Filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Amen. And then we have 1 Corinthians chapter 6. <clears throat> I was going to take us to begin with verse 9. But we need, to, we need to start it at verse 7. Because see, a lot was going on for Paul 
to say what he says in verse 9. Because listen, verse 7, okay, because what was going on, real briefly, the, the brethren were taking one another to court. They were having lawsuits. And Paul was admonishing them by saying, why are you bringing matters to pagans who know not our God? Do you not know you will be judges in the ages to come? And you mean to tell me y'all can't settle these little matters amongst yourself without dragging each other to court? We don't do that. So verse seven, why? The very fact that you have lawsuits with one another is already a defeat. Paul is like, forget about going to the courthouse. The very fact that y'all even have a lawsuit to begin with, y'all are already defeated. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be defrauded? On the contrary, it is you who wrong and defraud. And you do this even to your brothers and sisters. Amen. So, like I said, a lot was going on. And and I can only imagine in frustration. And so that they don't get this twisted. Because verse 9, <clears throat> he said, Right after he finished telling them about how you want to sue someone for wronging you and defrauding you. When in fact you do the wrong and you do the defrauding against your brethren. Brethren, verse 9, do you not know? Okay? Because he's like, don't get this thing twisted, beloved. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual and moral, them are your fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate by perversion. These are men who have homosexual sex, but they are the passive partner. These are the ones that are very overtly feminine, very girlish, um, prissy. Some like to dress up as a woman. I'm talking full hair, makeup, nails, glam, the works, effeminate. They won't be getting in. Not only effeminate, nor those who participate in homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, whose words are used as weapons to abuse, insult, humiliate, intimidate, or slander, nor swindlers will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. Verse 11. And see. He, he's telling. He's, he's, he's about to tell. The church at Corinth. The same thing he told those over there in Galatia. That such were some of you. Were. 
No longer sinners. We are saints now. But he's saying, and such were some of you before you believed. But you were washed. Come on now. Wake up. But you were washed by the atoning sacrifice of Christ. You were sanctified, set apart for God, and made holy. You were justified, uh-huh, declared free of guilt in the name, okay, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit of our God the source of the believer's new life and changed behavior. Amen. Again, repentance produces fruit of a changed behavior. Yes. The body is the Lord's. Okay. Paul says in verse 12, everything is permissible for me, but not all things are beneficial. And he's right. Everything is permissible for me, but I, and you should either, you shouldn't either let anything enslave you. Because he says, but I will not be enslaved by anything and brought under its power, allowing it to control me. Amen. Right, Holy Spirit. Paul is demonstrating a spiritual backbone. And we too must have that same spiritual, I ain't playing with sin backbone. Yeah. Do you not know sin is no longer your master? We are no longer slaves to sin. Please get the memo. Come on, beloved. Time is running out. We don't know how much more time we got left in these bodies. Any moment, the Lord can take us right up out of here. And then we face judgment. We better know Hebrews 9.27. It is appointed once for man to die. And after that, certain judgment. We, we better know that. So, right. He's, he's like, I'm not allowing anything to put me under. Talking about the flesh. Absolutely not. What else we got here? Okay. Ephesians. Ephesians 4, 31. Ephesians 4, 31. Let all bitterness Wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Amen. Beloved, let me ask you this. Do you even know what what clamor is? Because people are doing this and not even realizing that this this is sin. Listen. Clamor means a loud and confused noise, especially that of people shouting. We we are talking about like riots, okay? Just making a racket, like yelling and screaming, making a big commotion, just... 
pandemonium. And if you think it is your civil right to pick up a picket sign and go storming down to somebody's Capitol building, precinct, law office, institution, whatever, and demand rights. And then it's like a mob. I mean, pandemonium. Because you don't agree with a verdict. You and a whole lot of people burn down your own neighborhood. So five days later, you can't even go to the grocery store because so-and-so done burned down the store. Does that make any sense? Well, justice got to be served. Hello? Well, it wasn't. Now what? They have gotten off and they go back to their nice, clean, unburned neighborhoods and live comfortably. Meanwhile, in the hood somewhere, the drugstore burned down to the ground, schoolhouse burned down to the ground, the church burnt down to the ground. You can't even go to the laundry, the meat market, the pharmacy. Where is grandma now going to get her high blood pressure medication? Because you all thought y'all had the right to burn down the, the drugstore. It don't make any sense. That's sin. That is also called railing. Railing is a sin. Yelling and screaming and, and this pandemonium. Bedlam. Commotion. Screaming. Shouting. Uproar. A racket. That's sin. See? I told you. That's why we must be face planted in the word of God because you may think it, it is noble on your part to, to stand up for a cause. Even if you are coming in the name of Jesus and you and a whole bunch of Christians jump into a bus because you all hate abortion and 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 all those those acts that goes against God and then you get in the midst of the commotion and now you're screaming and you yelling and you fighting and the bus gets burnt down you now take that picket sign and bash it over someone's head how how are we coming in the name of Jesus doing that? Well, I told them no one better put their hands on me because, listen, I can snap back to my old sinner days just like that. Yeah, well, you're going to be in trouble with the Father. I keep telling y'all, listen, the Lord said, Vengeance is mine. He is going to deal with the corruption and the evil and the wicked and the ungodly. I know we want justice to be served now. But we don't want to get ourselves in sin and be in trouble with the father trying to make a point. These ungodly people ain't getting it. They're not. Let's move on. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5.
Paul was telling Timothy that in the last days, listen, there will be perilous times. This time we are living in right now, it is dangerous, it is perilous, it is wicked, and it is vile. He said, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Listen, this sounds like what he was saying over there in Romans chapter 1. What is that verse from verse 28 to what, 31. He's telling us how people are and they are. I see a lot of this. Okay, now now that the Lord is having me out here on the highways and the byways and the hedges, I see this. Oh, I, I, I see this. So, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, mm-hmm, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Listen, having a form of godliness, but denying its power and from such people turn away. Amen. He's talking about in here about church folks too. And we can apply this to the ungodly, but he's saying having a form of godliness. He's most likely talking about these corrupt pastors and preachers and teachers and bishops and prophetess, as well as those who claim the name, but are living like this. They say, I go to church. Listen, I'm born again too. Cynthia, you and I are really on the same page. And I say to you, no, we are not. We are talking two different languages. I'm talking holiness in the name of Jesus. And you talking like your father, Satan. Talking about it's impossible to stop sinning, sinning when Christ died for our sin. No, it ain't impossible. You just don't want to stop it. Just like I didn't want to stop it. That's why I had to get the beam, the log out of my eye before the Lord even gave me this assignment on the podcast. Ain't no way in the world 10 years ago, I would have been up on 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 anything talking about living clean and holy when when I wasn't I can I couldn't even imagine doing so I would have been racked with guilt I'm like how am I teaching on holiness and well unbeknownst to me I'm living in an adulterous remarriage I'm so blinded to the truth I'm so deceived by religion I wasn't even studying anything out, really. I was just being spoon-fed. Now, again, I believe I did have a love for the scriptures, but I was just a hearer, a reader, but I wasn't a doer of the word. You want to know why? Everything around me was apparently 
it, it is apparent the cares of my lives, of my lives, of my life was was more important than than coming out of sin, sitting with Holy Spirit and being trained how to be holy. No, looking back, I can't even see how I even allowed myself to even have time to to even devote myself to Christ like I'm doing now. I can tell you what the major difference is. Holy Spirit got into me for real, for real, and kicked everybody out. <laughs> everybody went. Children went. Well, not, a, a child went. Exes went. Any and everybody, family members, daddy, auntie, cousin, sister, brother, everybody. Holy Spirit was like, uh-uh, no, he got to go. She got to go. Turn that off. Stop that. Put some clothes on. Tone down the makeup. We ain't doing none of that, daughter. <laughs> I said, you right, Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, beloved, living like this is the most peace I have had I believe since the day I was born. Oh, yes, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. So here we go. Come on now, because I, 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 got, I got a lot to get to, and my time is about to run out. Now listen, Revelation 21, verse 8. Jesus said, But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, Sexual, immoral, immoral, uh, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is, let us not forget, is the second death. Listen, listen to how the, the amplify when, when Jesus was saying, all liars, just so we we are clear who liars are. Because again, some people believe I'm not a liar. I'm I'm the bishop. If you don't sit down somewhere with, well, I'm the bishop. Because look at this. Hold on. Let me let me pull it up. About the liars, he says, who knowingly deceive and twist truth Mm -hmm. heretics who else swindlers extortioners so that's why he tells us don't don't lie to one another don't knowingly deceive the brethren twisting the truth Mm -mm. no so let us beloved as we about to bring this to a close because I want to read to us what's, what Jesus said is in the heart of man. Because all what we were covering, these, these are sins of the flesh. A lot is, is spiritual, dealing with, doc, dealing with doctrine, true doctrine versus false doctrine. A lot of it is... Actually, all of it is steeped in selfishness and all of it goes against Jesus Christ. So, 
as children of the Most High God, we never, ever need to forget these scriptures that I'm about to give to us because 1 Corinthians, right off the rip, 1 Corinthians 10, 21 tells us you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Amen. Paul is like, you can't have it both ways. Absolutely not. You can't have your lustful, sinful, disgusting cake and Christ at the same time. No, no, and no. Jesus says we can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and the devil. Mammon. Keep it in context. You cannot serve two kingdoms at the same time. Jesus said that you're either going to despise one and love the other, or you are going to be what? Like committed to one and not be devoted to the other. It is a love-hate. You're either going to love the one and hate the other or hate the one and love the other. So Ephesians 5.11, we are to take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Yes, we are to expose sin. We are not supposed to be partaking in it. No unfruitful works of darkness. Leave it alone, beloved. Just stop sinning. Stop it. We got help to do this. We have not been left as orphans. Jesus sent Holy Spirit. He prayed to the Father and the Father sent the Holy Spirit as our helper to help and guide us through this walk this race, but we can't grieve Holy Spirit getting on his nerve, bucking and screaming and crying like a big old baby. <laughs> it, it's so impossible to stop sinning. Yes, I'm making, I'm making fun of it because it need, it need to be exposed because many are crying like a big old baby up there making, making light of evil as if ain't nothing wrong with this. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, I prayed to God and he said it was fine. No, he did not. You obviously don't know the voice of Jesus because he and the father, where's my bell, will never authorize sin, not on any day of the week, beloved. No, precious. That was not God telling you to stay in willful sin. No, no, and no. So, Ephesians 4.27, and give no opportunity to the devil. 1 Peter 5.8, be sober-minded, be watchful, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. First Thessalonians 5, 21 to 22. But test everything. Come on. 
hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Listen, if it looks like a duck, walk like a duck, it's a duck. Isaiah 5.20, woe to those. That means judgment is coming. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Yep. Romans 13.12, the night is far gone. The day is at hand, beloved. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Amen. And how are we to do all of that? Well, James tells us in chapter 4, verse 7, we are to submit ourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. Are you even resisting the devil? I'm talking to the one who keeps claiming that it's impossible to stop sinning. Well, have you even resisted? Or you just like, well, you know what? I, we can't help it. We all sin. No, you, you, are, you have been instructed to resist. It is a command. Get me started. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen. Ephesians 5, 15 to 16. Look carefully, then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Amen. Titus 1, 15, to the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but both their minds and their consciences are defiled. Amen. So, in closing, let us talk about the heart of a man and what lies in in it because Jesus Christ of Nazareth said it is deceitful above everything else. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah 17 9 through 10 says the heart is deceitful above all things and it is extremely sick. Who can understand it fully and know its secret motives? I, the Lord, <laughs> he's like, I raise my hand. I can. I can tell you exactly what's in that heart. And he tells us what's in that heart over here in Mark 20, verse 7. After this, we're going over there. Okay. He said, I, the Lord, search and examine the mind. I test the heart to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. Amen. So let us now talk about the heart of a man. What's in it? What's coming out of it? 
because out of it comes abominations. Amen. So as we wrap this up, we are going to come over here to Mark chapter 7. I'm going to read the whole chapter because I love context, context, context. Well, no, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to read up to verse 23. Okay. So listen up. Verse 1. Here we go. Because see, Jesus, once again, here we go, dealing with these religious leaders, these, these Pharisees and scribes and, and elders and Sadducees, right? So <clears throat> here we go. Now, the Pharisees and some of the scribes, which which were actually lawyers, right? Because someone had to write down these traditions and commandments of men that these Pharisees came up with on top of the 613 laws of Moses. But they came up with, I don't know, I think I read or heard something like more than 500 other commandments and, and traditions of, of, of the elders that they heaped upon the people, just, just burdened them more than the law was doing. So Jesus is about to get on them about their traditions and whatnot. So listen, Mark 7, verse 1. Now the Pharisees and some of the scribes came from Jerusalem and gathered around him. And they had seen that some of his disciples ate their bread with ceremony, ceremonially impure hands. These hypocrites were, were more concerned with Jesus' disciples not washing their hands. I believe they had bigger fish to fry, but here we go. And so, and they had seen that some of his disciples ate their bread with impure hands, that is, unwashed and defiled according to Jewish religious ritual. For the Pharisees and all of the Jews do not eat unless they carefully wash their hands holding firmly to the traditions of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they cleanse themselves completely according to ritual. And there are many other things, oral man-made laws and traditions handed down to them which they follow diligently, such as the washing of cups and pitchers and copper utensils. So, verse 5, the Pharisees and scribes asked Jesus, Why do your disciples not live their lives according to the tradition of the elders, but instead eat their bread with ceremonially unwashed hands? And he replied, Rightly did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites, 
play actors, pretenders. As it is written in scripture, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain. Their worship is meaningless and worthless a pretense, teaching the precepts of men as doctrines, giving their traditions equal weight with the scriptures. Mm-mm-mm. Jesus said, you disregard and neglect the commandment of God and cling faithfully to the tradition of men. He was, he was also saying to them, you are experts at setting aside and nullifying the commandment of God in order to keep your man-made tradition and regulations. For Moses said, honor, okay, now Jesus is giving them the law, but because they had their own traditions and commandments of men, their commandments and their eyes and their practice supersedes what the law had to say because Jesus is telling them what the law said, what the commandment of God was regarding honoring your father and your mother with respect and gratitude. And he who speaks evil of his father or mother must be put to death. Amen. That's the law. Okay. But you Pharisees and scribes say, if a man tell his father or mother, whatever I have that would help you is Corbin. That is to say, already a gift to God. Now, the law says to honor your mother and father. That means, among other things, but to but to take care of them financially, obviously, in their, in their old age. But the Pharisees came up with another law that says, well, you know what? I can't do that, moms, because this money that you want me to give to you, I've already set it aside as a gift to God. I'm telling you, ruthless, treacherous, treating elderly parents like this when one of the Ten Commandments said to honor your mother and your father. But these Pharisees, they came up with, with their own addendum to that law. So, but you Pharisees say, if a man tells his father or mother, whatever I have that would help you is Corbin, that is to say already a gift to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother, since helping them would violate his vow of, of Corbin. Apparently this Corbin, this vow of Corbin is, was one of their traditions and commandments. So rather than violate their tradition and, and, and commandment, they chose to violate the word of God in order to hold on to their tradition and commandments. Holy Spirit, help us today. So Jesus says, 
Then you no longer, verse 12, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother since helping them would violate his vow of Corbin. So you nullify the authority of the word of God acting as if it did not apply because of your tradition, which you have handed down through the elders and you do many things such as that. Amen. Yeah, he gave them the royal business. Just having their teachings as doctrines. Yeah, okay. So now he's about to talk about the heart of man. Because in there lies sins. So after he called the people to him, after he called the people to him again, he began saying to them, listen carefully to me all of you hear and understand what I am saying. Verse 15, Mark seven, there is nothing outside a man such as food, which by going into him can defile him morally or spiritually, but the things which come out of the heart of a man are what defile and dishonor him. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. When Jesus had left the crowd and gone into the house, his disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to them, Are you too so foolish and lacking in understanding? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from outside cannot defile and dishonor him since it does not enter his heart but only his stomach and from there it is eliminated jesus is saying because what we put into our mouths food to eat and if we do that with unclean hand or unwashed hands Okay, because these Pharisees were tripping. He's saying, well, they were saying because of the fact their hands were not clean, that the food that they put into their mouths will defile the whole person. And Jesus is like, no, there is nothing we can eat that will defile us because it doesn't go into the heart. It goes into the stomach, makes it way through the system and then out to be eliminated as waste. And so he says, by this, he declared all foods ceremonially clean. Verse 20. So now here we go. And he said, Whatever comes from the heart of a man, that is what defiles and dishonors him. Jesus is saying it's not the food that goes in, but it is what's in that heart. Because when it comes out of him, that out of that dark heart that Jeremiah 17 was talking about is what defiles the man and dishonors him. Verse 21, for from within, that is, out of the heart of men come base and malevolent thoughts and schemes 
acts of sexual immorality, deaths, murders, adulteries, acts of greed and covetousness, wickedness. Look, all of this is coming out of a heart of a man. Look at all of this sin coming out of his heart. But the Pharisees, they were more concerned about upkeeping and not violating their traditions, their commandments. So you mean to tell me that all of this filth is coming out of a man's heart? That don't bother you. But if he eat without washing his hands, that bothers you though. Wicked. Wicked, wicked, wicked. And we see the like going on today. So Jesus says, out of the heart comes these things. Verse 22, acts of greed and covetousness, wickedness, deceit, unrestrained conduct, envy and jealousy, slander and profanity, arrogance and self-righteousness and foolishness, which is poor judgment. Verse 23, all these evil things, schemes and desires come from within and defile and dishonor the man. Amen. There we have that. Christ Jesus just unashamedly told us that the heart, not that blood, that blood pumping organ, but the seat of a man's soul, who he really truly is on the inside, was on the inside of a man or a woman. I'm saying man, meaning mankind, all of us. What's inside of a dark heart will come out. Just like what's inside of a pure, clean, regenerated, reborn heart, that seat, that that new spirit, that new heart that God put in us, righteousness comes out of us and it is displayed as good fruit. If you are claiming Jesus name as savior and all you are producing is bad fruit, then something is wrong. Amen. Something is indeed wrong. Jesus just told us his disciples and apostles told us what these things were that will keep us out of the kingdom of God because we all once were in it. But now that we are born again, we no longer practice these things. Beloved, these things must be put away from us far, 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 far away. The day of Jesus' return is fastly approaching. Our minds and hearts must be set 
for eternity because that is where that spirit on the inside of you will live forever and ever and ever. Let it be in God's kingdom and not this lake of fire because all of us will stand before Jesus to to receive a reward for the life we chose to live, whether it was in Christ or not. So as I bring this to a super duper close in prayer, let us come over here to Matthew 25. Father, as we come over here in closing, to Matthew chapter 25, we see the Lord Jesus Christ giving us a pictorial about the judgment. Starting in verse 31, but when the son of man comes in his glory and majesty and all the angels with him, And then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him for judgment. And he will separate them from one another as a shepherd separates his sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right, the place of honor, and the goats on his left, the place of rejection. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you blessed of my father, you favored of God, appointed to eternal salvation. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me with help and ministering care. I was in prison and you came to me ignoring personal danger. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you, clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? Verse 40, the king will answer and say to them, I assure you and most solemnly say to you to the extent that you did it for one of these brothers of mine. Even the least of them, you did it for me. Amen. And then he will say to those on his left, Leave me, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels, demons. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in naked and you did not clothe me sick and in prison and you did not visit me with help and ministering care. Then they also in their turn will answer, Lord, 
When did we see you hungry or thirsty or as a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And then he will reply to them, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, to the extent that you did not do it for one of the least of these, my followers, you did not do it for me. And then these unbelieving people will go away into eternal unending punishment. But those who are righteous and in right standing with God will go by his remarkable grace into eternal unending life. Amen. Father, this is a blessing that you have given us more than enough time to seek your kingdom and your righteousness to find out what it is that you expect of your children. We are to live godly, sensible, upright lives by your remarkable, wonderful, undeserved grace. It teaches us to reject all ungodliness and worldly and moral desires by your grace is how we stop sinning, how we no longer view it as something to participate and practice in. Scripture is unanimous. We are to not participate in the unfruitful works of darkness. The penalty for doing so is eternal separation from you, from the Lord, tormenting, everlasting in the lake of fire. Father, I pray that we all have ears to hear, to understand that time is running out as we know it. Before we know it, eternity will be right here. We do not want to be found wanting when we stand before Jesus Christ on Judgment Day. John tells us in Revelation 20 that in verse 12, the books, the books will be opened. The dead small and great, who stand before Jesus Christ, will be judged, all of us, out of those things which were written in the books. Verse 15 says, If our names are not found written in the Lamb's book of life, we will be thrown into the lake of fire. Father, I don't know about the rest of your children, but that terrifies me. The fear of the Lord causes a person to shun evil. It wakes us up. 
by your grace and your mercy and your love. You did not kill us in our sins. Thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for this opportunity right now in this moment to say, I love you, Father. And I'm so sorry that I've wasted so many years living for self when I had the opportunity more than enough time to truly, sincerely repent of my sins. But the cares of my life choked out the word of God. So many times I could have died. I believe you've kept me even when I was in my madness. So that today, this day, will serve as a testimony that we serve a God who is loving kind, patience, and justice. You saved me. And because of that, I am eternally grateful. And every chance I get on this platform, I will tell the world and give this testimony. You saved me from certain damnation. So I know what it is. I know what it is to come that close to hell's fire and be snatched from the flames. So now all I want to do is cry aloud and spare nothing to alert the brethren. We got to stop sinning. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of our father who gets angry with the wicked every single day. So father, I give you much reverence and respect. I so totally respect your will. Help me, help my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus to remain faithful. Keep us from the evil one. Keep us from falling into temptation. Thank you for always providing a way of escape. And may we take it. May we take it and not end up in this lake of fire. The flesh is a bully. And we have an enemy, Satan, who hates humanity and those who he has blinded their minds to the gospel believes he's their God and that he has more to offer. They are being bamboozled and don't even know it because we were all there. We thought it was party central every day. When we didn't have Holy Spirit. May all men come to their senses as they ought to. And stop sinning. I'm calling all people everywhere. 
to repent in the name of Jesus Christ. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. I love you. Until next time, Lord willing, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all your support until next time i'll be talking to y'all soon bye